Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. I am not going to do any reviews today, <laughs> otherwise I'll be preaching on all of it. Uh, I have so much to share with you today. We are going to go straight to verse 27, and it is a verse that literally could be preached on its own. Uh, so I think it's okay to just start there. I know it begins with the word but, but so be it. <laughs> But, but, you got it, that's right. <laughs> All right, he's talking about being deceived. He's talking about people trying to come into the church and, in fact, enter into your lives and uh, tell you things that are, are not biblical um, and try to lead you astray. And he's saying, against all of that, he says this. He says, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the, uh, the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. There's a mouthful there. That's why I said I, I've, I've got so much to share with you today. Um, sadly, this verse has been taken out of context uh, by so many people who just don't want to go to church, let alone commit to one, Okay. But in context, that's uh, not what it's saying at all. In, in fact, one of the things that the devil tries so very hard to do is to isolate people. Because they become easy prey. Amen? For him to come against and just quickly overcome. It was something that the early church knew all too well. And so I want to read in Acts chapter 2 now, in verse 42, and then I want to go to verses 46 and 47. It says here, and they continued, Acts 42, um, excuse me, Acts 2, 42. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Notice, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. The only way that you can do the, get the apostles' doctrine and be in fellowship is if you're in a church. Can I get an amen on that? Amen? And it says, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. What does that sound like? Communion. Very good. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the early church knew what was needed. They knew that they needed the Word of God, and they needed the apostles' doctrine. And see, this is what the Apostle John is saying. He is saying, be careful of anyone that comes and tries to teach you something apart from the apostles' doctrine, apart from what they have said to you. Amen? All right. I want to continue on in verse 46. It says in Acts 2, 46, so it says, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. Amen. All right. So this was, uh, there was a unity, there was a harmony. And notice it says, praising God and having favor with all people. You know, you stay in this place, place where God wants you. With the people that God wants you to be with. You know, sometimes the, the people uh, that are, are, are your relations may not be the closest people to you and the best influence that you have in your life. Can I just say that? Amen? Uh, and that, that's why we have the body of Christ. That's why you have brothers and sisters in the Lord. Remember even Jesus and his, you know, when his mother and his brothers came and they were saying, they sent the usher in and said, go and tell him your mother and your brothers are out here. And it was very interesting what he said. He said, who are my mother and my brothers and my sisters except those who do the will of my father? Amen? Because those are the people that, the ones that are not religious, but doing the will of God, are the ones that will encourage you and bless you and stand with you 
and forgive you and pray with you and so on and so forth. <laughs> You're with me? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's continue. That's what Hebrews 10.25 means when it says, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming back is again, uh, excuse me, com coming back again is drawing near. Sorry about that. Even in the Old Testament, they knew the importance of this, and I love this verse in Psalm 92 and verse 13. It says, and I want to minister on this for just a moment. It says, those that uh, be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. I want you to notice that the people that are planted in the house of God, how do you become planted in the house of God? You commit somewhere. Amen? Now, I'm not talking about doing work and everything. I'm talking about getting the word. Find a place that you can get the word. Some place that encourages you, that blesses you, that speaks your language. <laughs> okay? Because some, you know, to some people, this is not good. They don't like me doing this. They want a quiet and calm, monotone service. I'm sorry I'm not one of those people. I will fall asleep on my own sermon if I started doing that. Okay? I'm just telling you. And, but, but that's good for some people. And thank God that exists. Otherwise, we'll have a problem. Amen. You know, I, I, I love the diversity and the variety of churches. I just love that. People say, oh, you're all divided. No, thank God. We just have a lot of options. <laughs> Amen. And we just said, sweetheart, you don't like this. Find something else. Because there's something out there that will help you and bless you and speak to you. Amen. One way or the other, get planted in the house of God. A house somewhere of God. Not of religion, of God. Amen. Okay. And I want you to notice it says here, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. That's where you flourish. That's where you do well. Amen? Oh, sorry, that was Psalm 92 and verse 13. Uh, sorry, we missed that one, did we? Okay. So I want you to see this. Both Old Testament and New talks about being in fellowship, talks about going to church, talks about, you know, the gathering together. Are you all with me? Talks about a place where you receive the word and you flourish. So when we come back to this and when we, we look at this, you know, when it says you don't have anybody, you don't need anybody to teach you, we now understand it's not talking about any of this. Can I get an amen on that? Okay. In fact, can I just show you the conundrum in this? If you never read what the Apostle John said, you'd never know that you're not meant to know any of that. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I mean, how'd you find that information out? Because you read something. Amen? Are you all with me? So we know it can't contradict itself. It's one of those books that say, you open it, it says, don't read this. You just did. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I have other, you know, well, let's not go there. Okay, so with all this in mind, let's begin with the first part of this verse, where the Apostle John says again, he says, but the anointing which you have received from him, that is uh, referring to Jesus Christ, abides in you. Now, the first thing to remember is that whenever we uh, see the phrase, the anointing, it is making direct reference to the Holy Spirit and His work in a believer's life. Okay? It has to be the Holy Spirit because some people say, well, maybe it's just an anointing thing. But how can an, an anointing thing teach you? Do you understand? It has to be someone that teaches you. There's no electricity out there that can teach you. Some people think there is, a little weird, but just saying, okay? All right, this is not, we're not talking about that. When we talk about the anointing, we're talking about the Holy Ghost, all right? And we, we need to acknowledge him as well. 
And this anointing from the Holy Spirit is a possession that is not only given to us by the Lord himself, but by God the Father as well. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21, that's 2 Corinthians 1.21, Now he who establishes us, establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Did you see that? Uh, verse 22, it says, Who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So we see these two things. Not only has God given us His Spirit, but it, notice it, I love this, He says, and who has also sealed us, and He's given us that Spirit as a guarantee. You know, every time you buy something, they always want to extend your warranty. <laughs> you think, why, what's wrong with it? <laughs> now, I'm, <laughs> I'm serious, man. You know, you... It's sad that you have to, every time you buy something, you need, you need to think about it breaking down straight away. Before you walk off the floor, you have to think about when it's going to break. <laughs> Isn't that sad? You know, there has to be a time you say, buy something and it was made to last. Today it's made to last as long as the warranty. <laughs> I wonder sometimes, you know, I don't know how many times I've heard people say, yeah, it was the, it was the day after the warranty finished and it broke. <laughs> Why do they have a little thing in the machine to say, okay, on this day, break. You know, because uh, you, you're, you're covered until then. Then you can fall apart. We don't care. In fact, please do. We can sell them another one, you know. <laughs> okay? You know? <laughs> pray over your stuff. I pray over everything. Because, you, you know, the enemy does everything he can. That's why, you know, it talks, when I pray over your tithes and offerings at times, uh, you know, one of the things that I pray is that the devourer is kept far from you. Do you know one of the things that, that the devourer comes to do? That's the devil, okay? Steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to wreck things in your house. Because it costs you money then. And, who, and, and time. And people that don't always turn up. When this <laughs> anyway, you all know what I'm talking about, right? It just, it's a whole mess. You know? it, just, it becomes a problem. Anyway, let's get back to this. But I want you to notice that what God gives us, He seals us and He guarantees. And He says, this is a lifetime eternal guarantee, by the way. Amen? This is not like a one-year thing. This is forever. And it is sealed in you forever. Praise God. Hallelujah. What a powerful thing. So these verses tell us that the anointing is a powerful thing that the enemy has no defense against, having come from both the Father and the Son, which now abides or remains in you all the days of your life. In fact, in his commentary, Thomas F. Johnson says that this anointing is an endowment, an abiding reality that resides in the believer's lives to empower them for occasions such as this one, and that is to resist temptation and assertive false teaching. I like that. Assertive false teaching. You know, those are the people that say, I know you've heard this, but I know better. And you know the number of people they convince with their, but I know better? Because, you know, I have a PhD, and I have a this, and I have a that. It's very interesting what this verse does, and I'm going to uh, be, be sharing this with you. I may not get to it today. In fact, it will probably be next week that I conclude this. But it is the great equalizer. It is one of those things that lets you know that whether you're a professor, whether you're just a newborn believer, God is there for you. He will talk to you. He will let you know when you're on track and when you're not on track. And you don't have to go to some professor to, to get it checked out before you start believing it. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? That the Spirit of God will let you know this is right. And also, He will let you know when something is off. 
So if that, and I've said this to you before, regardless of what qualifications the individual has up front, always check with your heart. Always check with the Lord. He's sitting right there with you and in you. Greater is he that is in you. Amen? Amen. All right. Moving on. So continuing on, the Apostle John then goes and says in verse 27, that as a result of this anointing from God residing in you, he says you do not need that anyone teach you. So this is why he says that. At first glance, again, this looks like once you're born again from above, you no longer need anyone teach you anything ever again. Because that's what some people do. They say, well, bless God, I've got that anointing. I don't, need no t- I don't need nothing from nobody. Well, you need to learn English to begin with. <laughs> okay, all right? You know what I'm trying to say? They have this kind of... And you know what? That's, it's their way of saying, I don't want to submit or commit to anything. Amen. You know... And family, as I said to you before, that's exactly what the enemy wants. Because if he can isolate you, he'll take you down. As strong as you think you are, what is coming against you is described in Colossians, I believe in chapter 1, at 1.13, and has been translated, there we go, where he has delivered us, that word delivered is actually rescued, us from the power of darkness and conveyed us or translated us into the kingdom of his son, okay, or son of, uh, uh, the son of his love. I want you to notice that we had been delivered out of a power. There is a power of darkness. Do you understand? It's not just something in your mind. There is a power out there that is out to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said that I have come to give you life and life more abundantly as opposed to that. Are you with me? So you guys need to know that there are things out there that want to isolate you, that want to get you alone. That, and, and it is a prideful mind that says, I don't need anyone. Can I show you the wrong thing about that? If you don't need anyone, neither are you helping anyone. Because you you're not in anyone's life. Because, bless God, you're an island. And you think that's a good thing. It's a terrible thing. I like, as somebody once said, the only wealth that we get to keep is what we give away. And that's love, and that's generosity, and that's everything. It's not just money. It's everything in your life. Amen. That's why Jesus said, the greatest of all is what? The servant of all. Amen. Do you understand now? And I've said this before. In order to be able to serve people, you need to know how to help them. Do you know to be the servant of all, you need to know everything. I, I ain't there yet. <laughs> okay. In fact, I'm, I, I'm lacking in some areas greatly. But then that's where you come in. Because you guys have those skills. Amen? Together as a body, we are the servant of all. But understand again that this is what, again, the, the, the enemy will use scriptures like this to isolate you. Don't let him. Amen? And I don't think this is for you anyway. But it's good to know so you can encourage someone else that's not here today. That should have been here or at a church. And you need, to, you need to know what to say to them. Now you do. Amen. I will guarantee you there will come a time in their life they will need somebody to pray for them. I will guarantee you that. Because they're up against a power that they can't see. Amen. And they need a power they can't see to defeat that power they can't see. Amen. God's kingdom is in the spirit realm as well. Hallelujah. And it's far more powerful than the enemies. All right. So, <coughs> Hosea 4.6. I've been quoting the scripture to you. Here it is. It says, my people 
are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So if the enemy can bring you to that place, I want you to see all the things it doesn't say. What doesn't it say? It doesn't say, my people are destroyed for a lack of doing my will. I'm going to shock you with a few things. Because some people think, well, if I'm doing God's will, it should all work. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the only way he can do that is if he finds a hole in your knowledge. Do you hear what I'm saying? And the only way he can make holes in your knowledge is stop you from going and receiving the word. And so he'll try to do everything to convince you not to do that. What I'm also saying to you, the Lord's just ministering this to me right now, so let me share this with you. Make sure that you're receiving the word from different places as well. Different people have different anointings. Thank you for listening to my stuff, (laughs) okay? I really appreciate that, but, you know, I don't know everything. Hallelujah, okay, that's a a revelation to some, but, uh, you know, okay, I know that, okay? All right, and, and there are people out there that do extraordinary jobs in certain areas. I learn from them. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I don't listen to my stuff. You all know that, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I have people that I receive from. I'm happy to share all that information with you. But the thing is, you know, I know some people say, well, what we get from you, we're really happy with. And I, I appreciate that. But don't ever feel like you have to just hear this and that's all. There, is, there are other things out there. Amen. And, and the more information that you get, the more that you equip yourself. Remember, it's the sword of the spirit is the word of God. The more word you get, the more swords you have in your armory. Hallelujah. Amen. And you want that armory full. When the devil attacks, you've got a sword. You've got a scripture for anything and everything he brings up against you in time to come. You know, you might just have one scripture to start with and then build on that, please. Okay. (laughs) Um, Additionally, if this were the case, and that is that we were not meant to learn anything, then there would be no need for any of the believers to read any of the epistles of John, hello, including this one with its exhortations, thank you, and warnings, let alone his extraordinary gospel, or, which is the first thing everybody is told to read, the gospel of John. They, they are not told, now you have the Holy Spirit, you don't need nothing. Go home, <laughs> okay? No, we tell them, go read this. This will help you see who Jesus was. Amen? The Son of God. Hallelujah and our Redeemer. Let alone that extraordinary gospel, or even the book of Revelation, which clearly states in Revelation 1-3, blessed is he who reads. You know, that is another book that everybody just steers away from. Because they say, well, we can't understand all that stuff. We just need to stay away. Oh, dear Lord, you have God. Read the thing. And if if you hit a place you don't understand, just say, God, what is that? One thing or another, you know, one way or another you get the information. Either... You will receive it. Something will just go off in your mind. Something you heard a long time ago and you forgot. He brings to remembrance. Uh, can I also say this? God can't bring to remembrance what you never heard. So if you never heard it, you're not going to remember it. Uh, is that a revelation to you? Okay, all right. So here's something so he can remind you, okay? And, <laughs> and the other thing is that, the other thing he can do is, you ask him a question, you'll be surprised how when you turn something on, or you'll be led to turn something on, you'll go and read something, and there your answer will be. That is the supernatural guidance of God. Amen? Just, just know that you, don't, you, know, you have got a God that is supernatural, that can do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we can ask or think. And our little questions aren't going to make him fall off his throne. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> okay? All right. Sometimes we worry, don't we? 
All right. And uh, uh, let me read this again. So he says again here, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it. You can't keep things that you don't hear and know about. Amen? Before you can become a doer of the word, which is where the blessing is, you need to first be a hearer. Amen? But James says, as much as you hear and as important as hearing is, he says, don't forget. Don't be a forgetful hearer, but a doer, which means you hear, you take it on board, and you do it. And ask God to show you how to activate it in your life as well. It is obvious then that the Apostle John uh, wrote everything he did so that he could educate believers. Can I get an amen on that? And help them avoid deception and destruction, again from Hosea 4, 6, which is in total harmony with what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 28, or excuse me, 12, 28, and even more clearly in Ephesians chapter 4, and I'm going to read these verses, in verses 11 through 13, that's Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 11, and it says, and he, that's Jesus, gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Notice he gave all of these. If we knew everything, we don't need any of these. Can I get an amen on that one? I also want you to see something here, that all of these ministries exist today. He didn't give them for the early church and then took them away. What are we going to do then? You're here because, you know, people say, well, healing passed away when the last apostle passed away. Well, excuse me, there's some today as well. So that doesn't work. Amen? What we don't understand is what Jesus said. He said, the kingdom of God is in you. It's not something that's in a person that passes away, and when they drop dead, there it goes, the kingdom. Uh, it's like, oh, quick, get to that last apostle, get his hand on you, because that's the last healing, man. And then every rest of us just have to get Medicare, you know, whatever. <laughs> Thank God for Medicare. All right, but it's not like that. Whoever he anoints, then that's, how, that's who he'll work through. Amen? Do you know that's you? That includes you. Please don't think that there is a division between here and there. There's no division. I have an anointing to minister to you. But I go through the same struggles you do. I have to, you know, my faith comes the same way yours does. Amen. If I don't spend time in the Word, and I don't meditate the Word, and I don't pray, and I don't do all those things, I'm not going to get it. Yeah, but I don't have time. You will find time for the things that are important to you. And yes, we have seasons when, yeah, I know sometimes we get so busy, but don't let a season be a lifetime. Amen? Don't get in a habit of doing something that, you know, you couldn't do because you were, you know, snowed under with work or whatever. There will come a rest period. There will come a time when that season will end. You need to make sure that then you go back to the things that, you, that got you to the place where you are, where you're succeeding. Don't let those... It's a, it's, it was one of the things that, you know, uh, one of the courses that I did at one point in time, they, they were talking about how people succeed and when they succeed and they start getting busy they don't do the things that caused them to succeed at the beginning and then they fail at the other end they blame everything except the one thing that they should and that is they didn't stay true to what they were doing to begin with that got them there how many times have you heard people saying i'm, I'm getting a little off the subject but this is all important you know they say god if you just give this to me i promise you and you make your promises you know, because you've been praying an hour a day before you go, and, and then you get this job, and you're waking up early, and you're going to bed late. 
and God's knocking on your door? <laughs> and you're going, yes, Lord, quickly, because I'm about to drop off. And he said, uh, what about that promise you made? You know, if you get this, that you just keep doing everything and you probably do more. What happened? That was last week. No. <laughs> Sorry about the accent. Yeah, you know, we do stuff like that. We just suddenly kind of, you know, suddenly, you know, see you later, God. We got what we need. Bye. Can I, can I just say this? Okay. Whatever got you there, you better do that thing to keep you there. In fact, you don't want to just be there. You want to excel there. You see, we, we are so thrilled to just get in the front door. We don't realize that there is an anointing there. If you stick with God, that will allow you to just race up to the top of whatever ladder that there is in that place. So to speak, do you know what I'm trying to say? And get to a place where you just almost owning everything. Look at Joseph. Amen. I mean, that guy got a bad deal. But you know what? He stuck with God. And he just went up and up and up. That's available to all of us. Amen? As long as we stick with what we started with. Don't ever stray from the apostles' doctrine. Don't ever stray from the things that got you going. The things that laid the foundations in your life to get you where you are right now. Because those very things will cause you to excel and succeed and go places you never thought were possible. Amen? And then you can be a real testimony to God about the power of God in a person's life. Amen. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they flourish. That is flourishing. Amen? Amen. Um, let me continue here. It says in verse 12, he says again, and he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Notice, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. There's no comma in between that, by the way. The King James has one, but every, every other version after that doesn't. Because they realize that the fivefold ministry wasn't to do everything. The fivefold ministry can only do so much. But what it can do is train people to become leaders to go out there and do extraordinary things. Did you get that? Can I say? And the other thing is this. Thank you, Lord. The other thing is they read the word ministry and think pulpit. Ministry is whatever you do. Amen. Your ministry might be a cab driver. Your ministry might be a head of, of uh, HR, you know. Uh, yeah, thank you. Okay. Uh, and that's important. That's a ministry. Because people look to you for, you know, to be done right by. Because I guarantee if they're Christian, they prayed before you went to see you. And they weren't, seeing, they weren't thinking they were seeing a priest. But they better be getting a priest. They, be, they better be getting a king that a priest hears from God, a king dispenses. No justice and everything else. You know what I'm trying to say? You're, you're, okay, anyway. So they better be getting that when they come to you. Amen? So that they know you've heard from God and what you're saying to them is coming from a place of, of righteousness. It's coming from a place of justice. It's coming from a godly place. Not a biased place. Amen? That's your ministry. Whatever you're doing out there, you know, if you're cooking food, pray over the thing. Your food can bless people and bring healing into their life. 
How many times have you heard the reverse of that? Some, some person has bought something or got something or ingested something somewhere a little dodgy, and it's caused them all kinds of grief. <laughs> it's in, it's in. Why not the opposite? Huh? Why not? You can pray blessing over everything that you do. You are a king and a priest. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, that is your ministry. And I'm equipping you for that ministry. Amen? One more verse and we'll finish. I will come back to this verse next week. Okay. It says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect or mature man or woman, full grown in the Lord. Notice, full grown in the Lord unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's, that's the reason why we need to learn. Because we want to grow to that place where we are just like him, conformed to his image, after his likeness. Do you know why we want that? Because he was undefeatable. The reason the devil was able to take him to the cross was he allowed himself. Amen. Because it says over and over again, he could have at any time called ten thousands of angels and they would have come to his rescue and they wouldn't have had any mercy. <laughs> you know, that was their Lord. That was their creator. Ho, ho, ho. I just think they had a hand in sword. They're going to say the word, say the word. Like I said to you before, you know, I think one of the greatest things that Jesus did was didn't say the word. Because we'd have all been up the creek, so to speak. You know, because <laughs> he was dying for our sin. And I'm just thinking that, you know, I could just, ju I could just imagine, you know, Michael the archangel. You know, the one that took Lucifer down. I can just imagine him saying, are they really worth that much? I mean, look at that. Seriously? I mean, let's not even talk about Judas. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to say. Can you imagine how much Jesus had to say no? Hmm? And say, no, this needs to be done. Do you know why? Because he saw you. Amen. Every one of your little faces. And said, yeah. It's enough. This needs to be done. Can I say this as I conclude? Jesus didn't just die for people. Jesus died for the creation that Genesis 1.26 talks about. And God said, let us make, make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Amen? He died for a race he created after his likeness, after his image, who was meant to have dominion and was taken away from it. All of that was taken away from us. And this is why he came back and he said, I'm giving it all back to you. Now you go. The way you should have been doing it from the beginning, you now start now. Because the price has been paid. You have been restored back to that position. In fact, we have been restored back to a higher position. We are now seated with him at the right hand of God in heavenly places. And we are meant to work from that position. Amen? Amen. More of this next week. Let's have every, every eye closed. I don't know where to quit. Hallelujah.